everyone and welcome back to A Pint With Peter, an informative and somewhat comedy podcast where I sit down with my dad and have a bit of a chat. We Hello. Have, we have pulled him out. Yeah, pulled him the... out <laughs> from his grave, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. He, he has emerged from his... Uh, Torpor. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. he has a mountain of uh, podcast material in front of us, Chris. So he has been busy. No, that's my day. mail, Russell. It's not, <laughs> not nothing to do with the podcast. No, go on. So yeah, Dad, I guess we've probably not seen you for a good couple of months due to following government guidelines. Well, I, I was thinking I've been sitting here literally since Christmas, just trying to put a few threads together. I planned, as you know, for this podcast in that kind of weird tundra zone, as I call it, between the end of Christmas and New Year. If you remember me using that word tundra before, I mean, I, I was, as you know, born in the 1950s, which is often described as a tundra, you know, like a like a wasteland, a post-war wasteland. Uh, and what I'd like to do today is... Um, take you through the era where I was a little boy and a kind of emergent teenager, maybe up until the age of 14. So that's that's where I'm at. So I'm, I'm sitting here, folks. When these guys came just after Christmas, I had all my kind of uh, Christmas gifts, such as they were, all, all kind of gathered around me. But now everything's kind of faded. So I've got uh, my new satchel for my laptop, Sitting down here. Very nice. And what I'm, you know, these crappy shows, we watch Sky Football and things like that. And uh, you you know how you've seen the kind of gig where they try and put in a song or a title, you know, a song title, as they do the program. They kind of slip it in. I thought we could do something like that. So, new satchel for my laptop. Papa's got a brand new bag. Bag, yeah, <laughs> James Brown, yeah. I like this game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris, yeah. you will always yeah. trump me yeah. my music. You can, you can have a whole podcast on this. I've, I've got plenty of, um, I've got plenty of cards, and as you say, this is all my my mail here. I think that's a reminder from the NHS. Uh, let's have a look. This could be a gold ticket moment. Oh no, it's a one-off chance of a cut price gender reassignment. <sighs> Oh. Something to give me hope pre-COVID. <laughs> Sorry, post-COVID. Um, actually, it's uh, it's a letter for my second vaccination. Part of me did actually think you being serious then. Yeah, out these, yeah. these things. Stranger things happen, don't we? Anyway, look at me. I've got I've got new socks, as your auntie's fond of saying. You can't you can't have enough pairs of socks. So playing this game, you can call it great clothing references in popular music. Okay, so socks. Socks. Any ideas for socks? I'll put you on the spot here, haven't I? I'll help you out then. You've got Sock It To Me. That goes oh. that goes way back. You've yeah, one you know is probably by Missy Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott, yeah, but there's also versions I remember by the specials. You know the specials? Uh, I know specials. Ghost Town. I, I probably did. And also did. I was gonna have a few minutes, uh, a kind of tribute to Tamla Motown and Soul Music, and another version was by Mitch Ryder and the I think they're called the Detroit Wheels, something like that. Okay. So I've got my shirt on here. Have you got any shirt references? We got to think about that. 
terrible band called Haircut 100. Uh, my favourite shirt, I think it was called. I'm not going to show you my underwear, but uh, if you're doing underwear, you've got Underwear Goes Inside the Pants by Lazy Boy. And for the ladies, hey. you, you could have The Power of Orange Knickers. Wow, Tori Amos. <laughs> I'm not wearing any shoes, but I had my pumps on earlier. So have you got a, a pumps reference? I was just thinking that he's... It was that band that did the I've got my new shoes on and Nearly, yeah, nearly. It, it, it was it was always on in fifth back when yeah. Chris would go out clubbing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So next time I see you, I want, I want you coming armed with your clothing references. <laughs> but the pump one actually is by Tori Amos. Uh, sorry, no, it's Amy Winehouse. Fuck me pumps. Yeah. Can't say over this. Now, how you can see a girl wearing a pair of pumps and it kind of turns you on. It, it, you, you wonder, don't you? Anyway, I'm, I'm sitting here. The other thing I've got is aftershave. So I'm sitting here sprayed with my teen spirit. Oh, yeah, yeah you know that, that one. one. Yeah, rocking and I'm ready to go. I don't, don't, I don't know what you think of podcasts generally, but um, as you know, uh, one of my very close friends, Gordon, is in a, a bit of existential bother at the moment. I mean, when I mentioned podcasts to him, he, he, he always turned his nose up at them. <laughs> so from my hypnotherapy days, what you always had, you had to come armed with any answers to potential resistance to what you were doing. You know what I mean? It's called the inoculator. So this isn't from Gordon, but don't worry if I digress, folks. <laughs> this is the inoculator. If everything I say seems boring, God forbid, or irrelevant, that's the way of all podcasts. They're meant to be. Okay, that's the inoculator. Okay, so you can move that. So are we back now in our heads to where we finished off? Okay, so are we okay there? Yeah, now I'm, I'm ready to go. Bit of a quiz thing, because you know I'm a sequential sort of guy created in the 50s so we finished off last time as I've just said with the kind of impoverished stuffiness of the 50s finally thawing out so as I say I want to concentrate tonight I hope it's going to be kind of interesting on on 60 to 65 ish I want to talk about the tunes I I want to talk about the context and uh, what I like to do is kind of have a lolloping romp through the kind of society as I would have seen it then the history of the time don't we yawn Russell for God's sake (laughs) the politics and uh, but basically the culture of the time is seen through another band reference here for you through the eyes of an ordinary boy. Yeah. An ordinary... Do you remember the ordinary boys? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely awful, weren't they? <laughs> Preston from the ordinary boys. That's right. Like, he, got like re- he got a real slagging, didn't he? Yeah. On, by that uh, pretty gu- pretty obnoxious guy himself, isn't like, he? Mark Marr. Oh, no. He was, was on... Was it? Was it? Was it? Was it? Man Buzzcocks, he got a real kick. Yeah. Correct, yeah. He walked, he walked yeah, off. Yeah, he walked off. That's why he's probably most yeah. famous for. Yeah. 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 And Marion Chantal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that finished them, didn't it? Yeah. It kind of, um, I think it's good because basically I think it pricked his ego, didn't it? It pricked the balloon of his ego mm, and he, yeah. he was completely deflated. Um, a bit of one hit wonder, weren't Yeah, I was just thinking. I was just remember that boys will be boys. Well, that's another whole podcast, isn't it? One, one hit wonders. Um, you know, there's quite a few about, isn't there? So, you know, if you go, if you go back to that time, I mean, 
why why I think it was really important is because it was the takeoff point of pop music. You know, you know from previous um, podcasts we've done that obviously music was around, but I think it it really was. If you want to be sooty about it, a cultural revolution. But uh, back then, you know, particularly obviously nineteen sixty, I was I've written down here. I was still in my short rousers. Trousers, um, yeah, you know, uh, and later, you know, I was, I, you'd see me there looking in the mirror with my clearasil cleaning my prepubescent spots. <laughs> yeah, did you have pubescent spots? You weren't too, I, yeah, you I mean, weren't too bad, were you? Yeah, I can be very bad to skin, anyway. Yeah, but the big, I mean, it's a biggie, isn't it? Where, when you're when you're in your in your teens, you oh, know, yeah, when you, you I feel know. like. Still get the occasional one. Yeah, I feel like even now some people still suffer from it. Yeah, it's uh, but you're right, you know what Clearasil is? I don't think Clearasil is particularly a 60s product. No, it's not Clearasil. It's still going. It's still the standard almost, isn't it? It's probably some much better stuff now. Who's that woman who does all the bloody um, sex balls? What's the name of the film star? I'm not sure. Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, Gwyneth oh, Paltrow. Yeah, she was in the candles that smell like a vagina. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to go there. Though, no, I, don't, I, don't... Alex is really into it. She gets all sorts of serums now for better skin. Don't lower the tone now, Russell. You're lowering the tone, Russell. Lower the tone. Is that possible? <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm confused now. <laughs> so if you cast your head back to the unquizzy quizzy final finale of the last one... Oh God! <laughs> the guy we were talking about when he came in through the door, I was playing some of his music. If you want the precursor, the gateway drug to an awful lot of what happened later was which artists are we talking about? And it's got a... Oh my God, guys, Brown. come on, Little Richard! I was going to say Little Richard. I was going to say it. Little Richard. I say Bobby Brown. Who's no, Bobby Brown? Brown. I mean, because we're... Bobby Brown. Wow, do you know Bobby Brown? I must do if I plucked his name. Wow. Because he, he was... I, I'm digressing, aren't I? Have to, you, have, you have to have one of those buzzers that buzzes when I digress. Oh, we tried to break that wow. in. <laughs> but, but when you say Bobby Brown, the image in my head is of something deeply unpleasant, so I'm not going to go there. He was the <laughs> boyfriend of the... Sadly, the... Was it Whitney Houston? I think he was Whit- Whitney Houston's boyfriend. When I think of Bobby Brown, I think of Google. yeah. Don't don't even Google it. Anyway, <laughs> but oh Jesus, <laughs> you know we're not we're not visual. I know, but do, do you know what uh, Little Richard actually looked like? Right. Well, he, I'm gonna go with he was quite big. You you got to obviously this is a black artist because all the, all the key figures today uh, were were black. End of um, he. Very flamboyant. He had a um, very flamboyant. Yeah, he had uh, like a pompadour hairstyle. You know, all, all frizzed out. He wore makeup. His stage act was absolutely outrageous. His singing voice was outrageous. And uh, he he basically, if you want, pioneered rock music. I was going to say, he looks like um, an influence of Prince. Yeah, would you say Prince? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah but yeah. You, you know, I mean. You can trawl through, obviously, all the stuff on the internet, but he he, he influenced the Beatles, uh, you know, Paul McCartney, Hendrix. Hendrix actually played in his band. Hendrix played for him. And and would you believe that Hendrix, well, you would believe, actually, Hendrix upstaged him. (laughs) And and, and this is a guy who, you know, wore rhinestones and was very, very flamboyantly dressed in a very, if you want, bisexual gay way. 
But Hendrix eventually got kicked out of the band because well, he obviously, he obviously yeah. the Stones, uh, and if, if you look through Motorhead, ACDC, Bob Dylan, Freddie Mercury, George Harrison apparently pointed to Little Richard and said it was all his fault, really. Yeah, Mick Jagger called him his first idol. And of course, Jagger, going back to, to the movement of the guy, Jagger, you've seen Mick Jagger yeah. perform, he... he took he stole a lot of little richard's moves and the beatles of course so if you if you if you play any little richard he had a kind of screaming warbling kind of style which of course uh, you know emerged with the beatles didn't it if you go if you go back to that early beetledom uh you know she loves you yeah yeah you know that kind of you know all that kind of stuff come really comes from little richard um i mean the generation before me, which is where your musical influences come from. You see, you you guys are kind of knocking on thirty, aren't you? So the guy, I reckon, a lot, I, I, maybe, or has it changed? This is something to discuss. You see, for somebody like me, particularly when I was able to go to gigs uh, eventually, and and all the stuff that you could buy or listen to was by people who were probably three, five, even more years older than you. Do you think that would have been the same for you? Or do you think you, in your era you would have had maybe the 17-year-olds emerging and the 18-year-olds emerging? Like, I always say it wrong, by the way. For example, Billy Eilish. It is Eilish, right, because I always say Eilish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how old is she? She's, what, 18? I think, no, she's maybe 16. But probably no, not 16. I think she was that. 16 when she started to get big. Because I remember that was, a, that was a, another one of those debates on... Um, the internet, you know, where men were like, "Oh, she's so attractive," and it's like she's underage. Okay, I'm sure, I'm sure that yeah. was a. Chris is just doing a quick Google. That's interesting. But do you? Do, 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 oh, there we go. Do, do you relate to that? Would you? Would you say that most of the music you, you first became interested in was actually played by people slightly older than you? I would say so. If yeah. I'm thinking back to teenage years, there's probably maybe the odd pop act that they wheeled out. It was around. Yeah, I'd say many of them would have been early twenties. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. In sort of what we listen to, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think in pop, it's more likely to be younger. But when you branch out pop, I think you're looking at slightly older. Like yeah. Indie bands and. Like yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, you bands. see, back 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 in my day, I'm not going to talk about the seventies. I mean, you you did have a small handful of very accomplished guitarists and often they were performing on stage as possibly 16 17 year olds um and of course when you when you go into the history of uh you know a lot of the big players saying led zeppelin or, or the who or whatever you, you beatles as well uh, you'll find me actually like yourself began playing on the guitar at eight or nine years old you know, so if you think about it, if you're really good, if you're gifted, you, you've already got, um, obviously, seven or eight years playing yeah, here yeah. in oh, front of Yeah, even listening to interviews from the bands we'd like, they did it in high school. Really? And you see, you see for me, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was, if I'm honest, quite a big Led Zepp fan. And Led Zepp, of course, had Robert Plant. And uh, I've got a quote from Robert Plant here, which pretty much pins down my childhood interests. I mean, he was 13 back in the early 60s. I, I wasn't. I'd be, I'd be something like nine. Well, even younger, I'd be, I'd be kind of six. He's a Midlander like me, and uh, it's got a telling quote because he said, my mum and dad shielded me from anything that was worldly. 
Yeah. So I spent I spent all my time. It's a very, very sheltered time in a way. So he spent all his time apparently either looking through his stamp collection. I mean, who collects stamps nowadays? Or, or working on his Meccano. Yeah. I like the sound of it. Yeah. I think I think your I think your version of Meccano was Lego, wasn't it? Uh I, I have Meccano. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's amazing, you know, talking about that time. Because you know me, I always start digressing about class. You know, I think class is really is a really interesting subject. And uh, a lot of uh, Julie's family in particular, possibly your own, a lot of the men came from or went into an engineering background. And it's incredible uh, when you have conversations with these people, how many of them cut their teeth, as it were, on Meccano. You know, it was obviously yeah. it was obviously quite a big learning tool yeah. back then. Whereas now you've got your kind of Minecrafty type yeah. stuff, haven't you? Where you can create stuff uh, in your head. But but he, his parents made the mistake of uh, letting him listen to Good Golly Miss Molly, and that was the end of it. So with Little Richard, you, you, if you think about it, you, you had the voice, you had the sound. It was very very pacey. You know, it was very very danceable. You had the weird looks, you, you had the weird dress, you had the makeup. And I think this is a really, really important point. Um, I reckon my parents, who were, you know, would be quite normal in this, uh, I, I reckon we would have had our first telly maybe in 60 or 61, something like that, yeah? And I think from the last podcast, you, you, you obviously know that to see pop music on TV was very, very unusual. But um, as with everything in the States, the technology is always, I think, sometimes almost a decade ahead of here. You know, people in the States would have had colour TV, I reckon, possibly 10, 15 years before you saw it in Britain. And, and I think the big thing about Little Richard was he was televisual. You know what I'm saying? He he was able to actually look good uh, on telly. How much um, do you know about gay legislation? You know, homosexual legislation in this country. Talking about the 60s. I mean, when when do you think that homosexuality technically became le- uh, legal? I'd say it was relatively recently. Yeah, then you would actually think, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, I was going to say late 80s. Or like no. A bit. I think it's late seventies. Sixty-seven, it was actually the 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 initial legislation came in sixty-seven, uh, and obviously somebody like me, I I would have been sixteen, seven, you know, fifteen, sixteen in sixty-seven. Um, and it was only do you know what the age limit was? Twenty-one. Twenty-one, yeah, because yeah. twenty-one was was a big deal back huh. then. It had to be obviously consenting. It had to be in in your own house. But I did a bit of research on this. It was called the Sexual Offences Act. But if you go onto any uh, you know websites, and there's lots of them out there that you know talk about this, um, the actual persecution and public opprobrium, if you want, towards homosexuality was still quite high. And uh, I, I, was, I, was, I was reading one article. It was it was called Pretty Police Entrapment. Well, yeah. Like police and Indeed, yeah. they 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 choose obviously handsome, good-looking policemen, and they'd, they'd obviously be in plain clothes and then you know plain in, in ordinary dress, and then they place them outside public toilets and then arrest them. I mean, what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to give you my kiddie's eye view of the sixties. Um, I mean, going back to that era, particularly 
around Manchester, you still had smog. Yeah. yeah. You still had smog. And uh, one of the newspapers, I remember, from 63, because I was quite a keen reader, you had things like in Manchester, 90 people dead in 24 hours from the smog. Um, and, of course, you had... And painting a picture. And in big cities, you still had the bomb sites. And in 63... I remember it really well. You had um, a catastrophic winter event. It, it was the biggest freeze for probably possibly several hundred years. And uh, do you know the sea froze over? Yeah, I've, I've seen a a film on. It's like a, a documentary yep. about the big freeze. Was it the day after tomorrow? I think. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 it's about yeah. It's about the train lines and how they like, had icebreaker trains and snow. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Because as a kid, um, it shows. I mean, another thing I think I've got over to you before in previous cod- podcasts is. Health and safety didn't exist uh, in a way because I, I and friends, we just went down to the local river and we was you could walk down the river for several miles. Mm. I kind of want to know when it came in quite because me and you would do that. You know, we we just go. You know, our parents would let us out yeah. willy nilly. We'll go play by the river. Yeah, I I I think um, I, it's like anything. There's a lot of generalisation, isn't there? You know, kids are too cosseted nowadays, mm. and so and I, I think there's always outliers, aren't there? I, I I remember it really well because I'm not going to dwell on it too much, as I won't dwell on characters like D. H. Lawrence, for example. I've got to get my D. H. Lawrence bit in, haven't I? Um, I remember it was fantastic. The schools all closed, uh, which was amazing. I think they were closed for about a fortnight where I live. But instead of staying at home, I went train spotting. Yeah, it was wonderful. You went train spotting. It was great. But the big thing from, I don't remember it, but you know, going back to this conversation we're having about homosexuality, you know, you love this. In 1963, you know the uh, Daily Mirror, Still get the Daily Mirror now. But my my parents read the Daily Mirror. It was a big Labour socialist paper, very very popular with with the working classes. But in the Sunday Mirror, do you know they had a little pull out guide, which would have been unusual then, because the first colour supplements I think came in the mid sixties. They had a pull out guide, and do you know what it was called? How to spot a homo. Oh, <laughs> Can you imagine? It's unbelievable, yeah, it's isn't it? Eyes. You just can't Absolutely it. unbelievable. So going back to Little Richard, I think Little Richard was absolutely amazing. That he um, he he uh, he was groundbreaking. The music he played, but the the other thing, and this this again is something. It's a ball that started rolling in the nineteen sixties. In the nineteen sixties. You obviously had, looking at the kind of bigger picture here, you obviously had the, um, not the, not the collapse of colonialism, but you had a lot of countries, a lot of places that were becoming independent. You know, for example, Jamaica became independent, I think, in 61. Malta, places like that became independent. Um, big thing if you're French, Algeria was given in independence. But in the States, I don't know how good your your your, your knowledge of um, American history is, but in the States, in the 60s, you, you still had what you know, are, are known as the Jim Crow laws, you know, around segregation. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and little Richard, he, he was probably risking his life. I mean, he insisted on playing to integrated audiences. Huh. And that is really yeah. incredible, isn't it? I mean, I think, I haven't done a lot of research on it, but I think in the Deep South, they probably had black and white audiences, but I think they probably would have been segregated. But in, in the more enlightened North, they, uh, you know, everybody got into the music together. Well, I, I'm sure on the previous podcast, I mentioned so if someone like Madonna refused to play a show somewhere, because they had a segregated audience. Sure, yeah. But don't quote me if it was Madonna. It was someone big, you know, a female. I know it was a female artist. She refused. It's astonishing. I mean, the states. It, it is a different country. We've talked. We've talked. It is. It is a different, a foreign land. It, it's. It's quite incredible. But around that time, you, you would have had Elvis. Elvis was really big. Who we talked about before. Do you know any of these names? James Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fats Domino. Ray Charles. Yeah. Ray Charles. Yeah. Uh, really. Right. Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid. He had quite a few hits. You had Chuck Berry. Yeah. Chuck Berry, again, a very, very similar um, artiste with, the, you know, the classic Duck Walk and, and so on and so forth. Jerry Lee Lewis. I think he's known now for... Um, he married a 13-year-old, I think, didn't he? You know, check it out. Jerry, Jerry Lee Lewis. But, but basically, all... I'm, I'm painting a picture here. All the stuff that was current in the early 60s was fundamentally American, yeah? The gold yeah. standard was American. So I'll leave little Richard now with his mascara-smeared face, mm -hmm. uh, his hair piled high. And uh, you see, you guys, uh, just digressing, this is another digression, in the 70s, you had artists like David Bowie, Elton John, etc., who, who would have played the... Um, sexually ambiguous card yeah so in the and i think that all comes from little richard i think it originated with him so in the 70s it might sound weird to you guys you had um this will be two podcasts down the line you had what was called glam rock oh yeah i know glam rock okay so who who would you associate with glam rock kiss yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's on the tip of my tongue bowie of course yeah oh. I was thinking like hair. T-Rex, yeah. Mark Bolden. But the thing is with glam rock, briefly, for, for guys like me, guys who wanted to be trendy started wearing a bit of makeup. Have you ever had that in your era? We had guy liner, didn't we? Yeah, Did you really? I'd say the, uh, yeah, the emo phase kind of thing. Ah, okay. Yeah, so for somebody like me, uh, I wouldn't go as far as wearing lipstick or anything like that, but maybe you would have had a bit of eyeshadow and some rouge, you know, some some blusher. But never really caught on with your generation. I, I, say, I think in certain areas it did. Yeah. But I think the, the biggest one was eyeliner, I guess. Yeah. So like in the emo... Kind of or a gas, yeah, because yeah. you, you, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know, move away from the 60s too much, but you, you obviously had Robert Smith, you know, the cure, oh, yeah, and that kind of stuff with the uh, you know, quite heavily, uh, yeah. I guess that would be coal or something like that, wouldn't it? Um, but I, I always find it uh, amusing when I watch uh, David Bowie uh, during his uh, Spiders from Mars era. You have know, that classic Gene Genie, and uh, obviously his band were called the Spiders from Mars. But all of those guys, if you read any um, biographical stuff from that time, all of those guys were big, airy-arsed uh, thugs, basically, from Hull. 
they really didn't like getting up in this gear, you know, because you would have had the platform boots yeah, and the yeah. silver, you know, lycra trousers and the, and the makeup. But you, you did it. Um, I'll finish this digression now. But I, I think I think going back to that era, a lot of artists, which links it into the present, would have played around with that sexually ambiguous identity are you with me yeah i mean i think i think bowie for example i I don't want to be cynical but i think he played that card because it sold yeah Uh, that's that's another theme we can get into how basically music is manufactured yeah it's 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 manufactured and if you don't fit as an artist if you don't fit the kind of product that the um you know, the powers that be are aiming to create. You don't get the gig. Yeah. Interesting stuff. But I've got I've got a load of stuff on that. We we can talk later. Well, everyone, we're going to leave it there for now, and I hope you are as excited as we are to be back behind the microphone. As a trio, we do come off as very anti-government, and we would have loved to ignored Boris, but we are pro-common sense, and we did want to keep everyone safe. I feel like in a time where um, people you know, had the time to finally create the podcast they've been dreaming about, we had to leave ours by the wayside. But with lockdown restrictions now easing in the UK, we can safely meet up with Peter and record new episodes. So we expect a constant flow going forward. In this podcast, you know, we discussed all our experiences with music and I can say it's going to be the topic for the next few episodes. And it's a, you know, a topic that we would love to strike up a conversation with you, the listeners, you know, because music affects everyone. So we would love to hear your thoughts on it. You know, were you a glam rocker or did you see Jimi Hendrix live? You know, we would love to hear your stories about music. Easiest way to do that is to head to our Twitter, at a pint with Peter. Or if you're not on Twitter, just send us an email. The address is apintwithpeter at gmail.com. Well, everyone, welcome back and on to the next one.